Big decisions. The Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. What is the most dangerous thing that you've ever done? And you can't say jumping into a Virar local at peak hours and then saying you have to get down at Bandra. For all of you who are not familiar with Mumbai lingo, that's a pretty dangerous thing to do. But that's not what I'm asking. I'm talking about really dangerous bungee jumping counts or. swimming with sharks thanks for tuning in this is bq big decisions and i'm alex matthew on today's podcast we're talking about risk not physical risk but risk that pertains to our financial lives and that's completely different because even if you're daring enough to swim with sharks it's possible that you're not willing to risk losing money to talk about risk how to measure it and how understanding it is critical to planning your financial journey i have with me certified financial planner and sebi registered investment advisor kiran telan thank you so much kiran for joining me uh, hi alex thank you so, so much for having me over now i i did talk about sharks and i would have talked about piranhas and several other things but really that's not the uh, topic of conversation today we're talking about financial risk and you hear the warnings about financial risk often enough don't you in fact one statement has stuck in my head and i'm sure a lot of our listeners will remember this even if i start mentioning it mutual fund investments are subject to market risks please read the offer document carefully before investing and that one disclaimer stands out right right but if we're talking about it that's exactly why it's so important to understand risk uh, absolutely so uh, people are more often worried about what kind of returns they will make the entire discussion focuses on returns but people forget that behind returns is risk and unless they understand the risk they will be in big trouble mm. and and this disclosure I, i think it's it's important to talk about that as well a lot of the investments that we make um the onus of understanding the risk is on the person doing the investments absolutely so uh, there are by law certain uh, measures or you know certain uh, uh pictures that are put on those uh, you know the color coding and stuff which mm-hmm. is given for mutual funds which tell you what kind of risk it is but that is just the beginning point so you can probably uh, you know think about it as uh, on the food packaging where you have a red dot and a green dot for vegetarian and non vegetarian mm. you will just take it as a starting point but you if you are really worried about what is going inside you you will probably read the ingredients as well mm. so that is true for your investments also okay. especially mutual funds Kiran I read an article that you've written in in which you've said that most investors are not risk averse they're loss averse what does that mean uh, so in simple words what it means is that the pain uh, that investors get when they lose thing is much much higher uh, than what the happiness that they gain by making a profit so let us take an example for this mm. i'll ask you a question okay uh, option 1 you win rupees 1 lakh That sounds good. Yeah. Option two is you have an eighty percent chance of winning one lakh fifty thousand. So what do you choose? I would say option one. Yeah. Now let me ask you another question. You lose one lakh, and the second option is you have an eighty percent chance of losing one lakh fifty thousand. So it's not okay. I would choose option two. Yeah. So that is typically what most people choose. So what they are fearing is the loss. 
Wait, I, I hope that I've paid attention to the options correctly because in the first instance, you said that I would gain 1 lakh. No conditions, right? No strings Absolutely. attached. Absolutely, no strings attached. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. But the sec- And the second question you asked me was whether I would lose 1 lakh. Yes. That's guaranteed. Yes. Or if there was an 80% chance of me losing 1 lakh. One lakh fifty thousand. One lakh fifty thousand, yes. and I said I would choose option. Yeah, who wouldn't? Because there's still a twenty percent chance that I wouldn't lose, right? Yeah, but then uh, that's that's the way people think. So they are basically afraid of losing. Oh, okay. So one lakh guaranteed loss versus a chance, a twenty percent chance of you know not losing anything mm. is something so which they will accept. That boils down to tendencies, behavioral tendencies, and there is more to, to it than that. I, I think there are some very key uh, aspects to this. Uh, Can you take us through them? Uh, So while there are several biases that play in people's mind when they think of risk or investments, the three key ones that I would like to point out is uh, one is the herding effect, second is the recency bias and third is the confirmation bias. Okay. So let me explain to you. Uh, if uh, I'm sure people must have seen uh, the movie Zindagi Na Milegi Dobara. Okay. In that the protagonist is uh, playing a prank where, you know, they're walking on the road and they suddenly look at the sky and uh, they roll down on the floor in fear. Mm. And there's this man who's walking who doesn't know what is going on. He just imitates what the other people are doing. Okay. So it, that is basically your herding mentality. So you just look at what other people are doing and follow it without understanding or, you know, waiting to look at what's happening. I get it. We played the same prank in college and, and we ended up having at least 30 people looking at the sky trying to figure out what was happening. But I, I get what you're saying. In in the context of, of financial uh, planning and, and investing, mm-hmm. if you see your best friend buying something and he says that it's the best possible thing to buy, you'd want to find out what that was about and you'd probably buy it as well yeah so absolutely so that's how most of the uh, you know sales in groups happen so one a person who is probably the key or uh, you know influencer in the group uh, purchases something and he influences 10 other people around him to uh, buy the same product so this is basically in technical terms known as herding mentality and it impacts what you buy, and sometimes those decisions are wrong. Okay, let's talk about the second one, the recency effect. What does that mean? So, recency effect is uh, basically uh, you believe that whatever has happened in the recent past will continue to happen in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, let us uh, uh, say, uh, for example, in cricket, so Virat, Virat Kohli is making centuries uh, in every match that he's playing, and you expect that he will continue on the same run. But then he gets out on a duck. Yes. So, you, your belief is not true all the time. So, mm. this happens in investment as well. I mean, if you look at uh, how more money comes in when the, there is a bull market mm. in equity markets, mm. uh, people look at uh, what has happened in the recent past. There are 12, 15, 18, 20% gains and they think it will continue. Mm. So, more and more people start pouring money. Yes. And the market tanks after a while and then they burn their fingers. Which is why you see a lot of retail investors jumping onto the bandwagon uh, per se. Absolutely. Right at the end. Correct. And, and then losing money. Okay. Right. Fair point. And the last one is confirmation bias. Yes. So confirmation bias uh, says that uh, if you believe in something, you will tend to look for news that supports your belief. You okay. will not want to look at something which is contrary to your belief. Okay. So if you, uh, when we talk about the bull market and people jumping in, hmm. you would all uh, want to probably look at uh, is the good returns that have been made in the recent past. Mm. But you will probably not go back 10 years, 20 years and see what history has given in those terms. So there are cycles. People tend to forget cycles very fast. And also selective uh, 
a perception of the news you don't Absolutely. see you the see entire only picture. something that supports your belief okay and, and we've seen seen this in the past as well 2004 2008 there have been instances where uh, people have gotten their fingers burnt in the equity markets and that's taught us a lot hasn't it absolutely so a lot of people uh, started investing for the first time probably uh, 2005 2006 and they were very happy with the kind of returns they made till the uh, you know index indices uh, touched their all time highs and uh, then when it came down it was a big shock for them now again we are in the same kind of a cycle where mm. it is on the other way around where it is falling every day mm. and people are panicking and they feel that it will never turn around so, but mm. it's like a pendulum so it goes to a distance and it comes back okay and we're essentially saying that understanding risk and understanding one's risk profile can help you avoid these biases or behavioral tendencies absolutely it okay. is very necessary okay so that basically brings us to the crux of the conversation which is how do i find out what my risk profile is and what are the principles involved uh so risk profiling uh, is basically or uh, done usually by financial advisors okay so some could be using psychometric profiles which are uh, available uh, for professionals some could be using their own questionnaire as a basis of uh, you know trying to figure out what the client uh, can tolerate in terms of risk uh, but all risk profilers there are three key elements okay we uh, call these three elements as risk tolerance risk required and risk capacity okay so let me briefly explain what these mean so a person inherently uh, can have a certain uh, tolerance level for risk he can be uncomfortable if his uh, you know investments go down by 10% okay somebody else could be very comfortable even if it falls 50% probably because he's either inherently risk taking or he understands the markets mm. so uh, risk tolerance of a person is inbuilt it doesn't usually change over a period of time mm. Uh, whereas risk required is something uh, which you need to understand from your circumstances okay. so you have certain goals in life mm. which need certain amount of investment to be met because there is money required so let's talk about uh, education of your child in uh, say a professional course which sure. will require a few lakh of rupees yeah so your resources currently are very limited if you put it in a very traditional investment say like a fixed deposit or a ppf or you know other things like that mm. it will give you a certain fixed amount of return Okay. Now, will that amount grow to the amount that will be required by your child to go to college? Unlikely. Unlikely. So, unless you have a very big starting point, you can save sure. much more. Sure. So, in most cases, what happens is your resources are limited. Your goals are big. Mm. So, in that circumstance, the uh, only way you can uh, look at it is probably uh, investing into growth assets or say equity, which, which is a higher risk product. Yeah. So, higher risk, higher return, basically. Absolutely. So, that is the risk required to meet your goals. Okay. Now the third aspect of risk is risk capacity. Okay. Now each person in a different circumstance of life will have different uh, risk capacities. Uh let me talk about a young person who is uh, uh, you know two young people. Mm. So one person uh, has no uh, responsibilities uh, financially for his family his parents are independent he does not have any responsibility for his siblings as well. Mm. So for him the risk taking capacity is very high. Sure. Because he has no uh, financial liabilities also right now and his goals are very far off. Mm. whereas somebody else of the same age probably could have parents who are dependent on him financially mm. he could be shouldering the responsibility for his siblings as well mm. so in his case if there are goals like sending his sibling for uh, higher education in a couple of years his risk taking capacity is very low sure 
So he needs to protect what he's earning instead of putting it into a, a volatile asset like equity. So your capacity essentially is something that is determined by your current context. Absolutely. So for example, if uh, there is an individual that has gone back to back bonuses and uh, you know major promotions, their risk taking ability slightly goes higher, right? Because or, or rather their risk capacity goes up in that situation. Uh, not necessarily. It will depend on uh, what is going to happen with that money in the near future. Okay. So if you don't have any... So it's any, a combination. It's a combination. So for okay. each person, it can differ. So a person, two people in the same circumstance can, can also, you know, uh, need to behave differently hmm. in, terms of, uh, in terms of risk capacity. So essentially, these three uh, aspects, you got to look at where somebody ranks in individually in these three aspects and it's a combination that decides what the the person's risk profile overall is yes so what you get from a psychometric risk profiler or any risk profiling uh, is your risk tolerance okay now the other things have to uh, they are more qualitative sure so you will need to have a discussion on the circumstances of that person on what he has so far what are his goals hmm. only then you can figure out you know what is the risk required to reach the goals or what is the risk taking capacity at that moment okay so it's a combination essentially okay and how important would you say is understanding this risk profile? Uh, because one, anybody can set their goals. If they just sit down with a pen and paper, they can determine that they need to achieve this in a certain amount of time and they will likely need a certain amount of money to do that. But those investments would depend on the factors that you've just listed out. How important is a uh, risk profile in determining the kind of products that you end up buying? So risk profile... Uh can uh, be a basic understanding of how much risk that person can tolerate. Mm. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, people don't understand, uh, you know, what they are getting into. For example, uh, in the risk profiler that I use, there is a question which uh, asks you what kind of return will you expect from a certain portfolio that you choose. Sure. Now, people have different ideas of what kind of returns they want. It's usually two to three times of, you know, the bank fixed deposit rates. Mm. But what they don't understand is uh, if they have a very conservative portfolio choice mm. and they want a return which is very high, it's not going to work out. Yeah. So your expectation setting has to be uh, correct. Mm. So the risk tolerance, the risk profiler will probably give you a correct expectation setting platform. Mm. So where you know that there is a digression in terms of your expectations of returns versus mm. the risks that you're willing to take in your portfolio. Okay, so it, it basically helps you set the benchmark uh, right at the start when you're making your investments. Right. So you don't have expectations that are too extravagant. Yes. So if your expectation levels are uh, set right, it is less likely that you will be disappointed with, you know, what the market brings in in terms of volatility, not only equity market, but also debt, because obviously there are risks in debt also, different mm. kinds. Mm. But then overall, when you create a portfolio, it will bring out certain kind of returns, which we can fairly give a range for. Sure. But if your expectations are much beyond that range, you will be very disappointed and you will likely get out of the investments. And in turn, you will not be able to meet your goals. Fair enough. And it goes without saying that sometimes your goals based on your risk profile will need to be adjusted. Either you extend the goal or, or rather the time that you need to achieve your goal or you reduce the amount that you need for the goal. So essentially in this scenario uh, where there is a lack of resources, there are only three things that any person could do. One is either earn and save more, that is basically invest more, extend the horizon of the goal or uh, reduce the goal. Mm. So there are only three things that you can really do. All right, but I think that more or less covers the concept of risk profiles and why they're so important to know about. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kiran. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Alex.
Well, dear listener, I hope that this brief conversation helped you understand risk better. If you've got questions on the topic, you can write to us on our social media platforms and I'm sure that Kiran will be happy to take them. A quick reminder before I sign off, there are more podcasts in the BQ Big Decision series that you might find interesting. They're available on several platforms, including our website, BloombergQuint.com and on our SoundCloud page. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg Quint. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa, hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Careers in the New, the new podcast series presented by Accenture. I'm your host, Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay. In this podcast series, we'll get you the latest and greatest in the world of technology that's shaping the future of business as we know it. We're talking intelligent platforms, cloud, AI, blockchain, extended reality, and a whole lot more. Every fortnight on Wednesdays, we'll have for you a hot topic with expert speakers from Accenture talking about top trends in the space, how these are changing the world and creating growth across industries. And importantly, we'll tell you how you can learn more, build your skills and expertise to grow and stay relevant in your career. Episodes out on the IVM podcast app or wherever you get your podcast from. This is the amazing story of something awesome. Once Chuck decided to start a podcast and so he did. The end. Okay, that is a crappy story. But I've got some really cool stories over at my new show, The Origin of Things. On this podcast, I look at the stories of how brands came into being and sometimes evolved out of quite unexpected circumstances. And to make it really fun, I reveal the name of the brand and sometimes a category only at the very end. The show is 5 to 7 minutes per episode and perfect for trivia junkies and brand nerds, especially those with short attention spans. New episodes out every Wednesday on IVM Podcast app or website or any podcast app or site that you happen to prefer. End of story, they lived happily ever after. <laughs>